Welcome to Your Path to Real Wealth, where we explore how to cultivate real wealth, which is so much more than money. It's the sum quality of our values, relationships, health, sense of purpose, time, charitable giving, legacy, and more. Your path to real wealth begins now. Welcome to the show. I'm Jeff Brimhall from Blue Barn Wealth, and I'm here with Benjamin Cummings, and we're very excited for our show today. Dan, who do we have with us? Well, hey, I'm really excited that we have Dan Blake with us today. Uh, Dan, thank you for joining us on our show. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, having me. Absolutely. So Dan Blake has a background in, in building and scaling startups. Uh, he started his first company, Eco Scraps, in 2010 and ended up selling it to a Fortune 1000 company just four years later. That's pretty impressive. So he's also been on the board for a few companies that have been sold to publicly traded companies. He's done business with name brand firms like Amazon, Google, Walmart, Home Depot, Lowe's, Target. His products have sold over $100 million retail sales. Dan, this is a pretty impressive background. No, thank you. <laughs> so we, we, we appreciate your time. We appreciate you being on our show today. So Dan is, is currently with University Impact. Uh, so I'm going to pass it over to Jeff. Jeff, uh, do you want to tell us a little about uh, his organization, kind of what, what it's about? Yeah, I mean, I think we can hear more from Dan. He knows a lot more about it than me, but uh, we've been impressed with University Impact and have worked with them for uh, some of our clients and hope to work with them for many more. But University Impact is an impact investing firm that also provides uh, donor advised funds and they help address the world's social and environmental problems. Uh, and you can, through University Impact, make investments that focus on innovative, sustainable and scalable impact solutions. And we're, we're really interested to hear more, Dan, and how we can use uh, the services that University Impact provides to uh, benefit our clients. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm uh, excited to, to be here and to talk all about it. Great. What would you like uh, our listeners to know about University Impact? Yeah, so the, the goal of University Impact is really to help individuals be more thoughtful and deliberate about their, their philanthropy. We recognize that there are many individuals out there that want to do good, but oftentimes they, they don't know what organizations they should support, how they can get involved. And so our goal is to make that as easy as possible for them. Okay. And how do you do that? Yeah. So with most people, it's through donor advice funds. And so people will have um, philanthropic capital that they're able to, to set aside and then we, we work with those individuals to um, establish a charitable um, strategy and charitable goals. Are there causes that they care about? Are there problems that they're wanting to solve? Are there specific geographies that they, they want to focus on? And then our teams will help them craft those strategies, craft those goals. And then we do all the, the heavy lifting. We will go find organizations that meet that strategy. We will do all of that due diligence so that they can then fund those organizations with a lot of confidence. Fantastic. Maybe give us a little bit of the size and scope. I know uh, University Impact is relatively new. Maybe you can tell us when you uh, began and uh, maybe talk a little bit about the size or the number of grants that you guys provide just to give us a sense of the size. Yeah, absolutely. So University Impact, we've been around for four years now. So we are a newer organization, especially when it comes to donor advised funds. Um, currently, we work with a few hundred uh, different families. 
Um, and we help deploy tens of millions of dollars uh, every single year. That's impressive. And uh, to help them give uh, meaningfully uh, in their own life in a way that, uh, you know, betters the world, that's pretty powerful. Yep. Yeah, let, let's jump into this discussion on this, Dan, uh, maybe to help set the stage for some of our listeners that might not be familiar with some of the terms that we've already used so far. Could you start off by just telling, telling our listeners, what is a donor advised fund, often known as a DAF by its, its acronym, D-A-F, but yeah, what is a donor advised fund? Yeah, really great question. So the easiest way to think about it is just as a private foundation. So in, in some ways, it's like a charitable savings account. You place uh, money in it, you get an immediate tax deduction, and then you can give out of that account over time. Yeah, I like that. So it's, it's like a private foundation, but, but different than a foundation, right? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, to, to that point, private foundations are separate entities. They come with a lot of regulation, a lot of compliance. They're expensive to set up. Um, it's really not feasible to set up a private foundation if you're going to put in anything less than a million dollars. So there's, there's just a lot of overhead associated with a private foundation. A donor advised fund allows you to, to skip all of that, uh, all of that overhead. So, you know, it's like a private foundation. It allows you to do almost all the same things as a private foundation, but it's super simple to set up and very easy to, to manage for-profit company. They're growing very quickly. They needed financing to help buy more inventory. So through one of the donor advised funds, we issued them uh, a loan. So it, it looks and feels just like any normal loan, the company's paying interest on it. But in this case, all the interest goes back into the donor advised fund for future giving. So impact investing, normal investing, but the, the companies that you are investing in are companies that are solving social and environmental problems. They look and feel a lot like a charity, except that they're making money. That's Very pretty good. unique for a donor advised fund to allow impact investing. I know a lot of people try to do impact investing, but it's often not through a donor advised fund. That's pretty unique that University Impact allows that. Yeah, it's uh, really one of the things that sets us apart. And if you, you know, if you look at what is the purpose of philanthropic capital, it's to take risks for the, the betterment of society. And so you have a lot of these organizations that are solving these social and environmental problems. And just for different reasons, they're set up as for-profits or nonprofit organizations. So we think it's really important that you as a donor, that you can address whatever social problem it is that you care about, regardless of the, the legal structure of the organization. So, you know, if it's a nonprofit or a for-profit, as long as they're solving a social or environmental problem, we think it's really important that, that you can fund them from your donor advised fund. That's pretty uh, spectacular. And, and maybe that relates back to the name of your company. Where did the name University Impact come from? So the, the name University Impact in solving the social and environmental problems, we think it's really important that you work with people on the ground that are as close to the problem as possible. So when we fund things internationally, oftentimes we'll work with the, the university in the, the area. They're a center of influence, doesn't matter what country you're in. 
So we, we do a lot of projects, a lot of our funding is in partnership with a lot of universities. A lot of the research into these organizations is, is also done by university students. And so it, it's that university connection that le- is really the, the reason why we have the, the name University Impact. So we're not connected to any specific university, but we do a lot of work with a lot of different universities. All throughout the world, it sounds like. Yep. That's, that's, that's fantastic. I love how you've been able to build that network and connect with the universities like that. You know, as, as I've also heard University Impact describe themselves as a triple DAF. Could you talk to us a little about what, what you mean by that? Yeah, so the, the triple, we, our goal was to make donor advised funds as flexible as possible for the, the donor. So that flexibility really falls into three buckets. It's where the triple comes from. So the first bucket is what you can contribute to the donor advised fund. So uh, whether it's cash or stock or private business interests, um, real estate, uh, we work very closely with donors so that they can donate any type of asset that they want to into the, the donor advised fund. So there's just far more flexibility there than with a traditional donor advised fund. The second bucket is then how those assets are are then managed. Most donor advised funds um, either don't let you manage the money directly or they don't allow you to assign a financial advisor to those assets. So what happens is they're really out of sight, out of mind. And unfortunately, if you look at donor advised funds just as an industry, you have tens of billions of dollars sitting on the sidelines that aren't doing anything. And it's in large part because it's out of sight, out of mind. And so this this second area of flexibility is we allow any donor to assign their financial advisor to the account so that those assets are managed in the exact same way as all of their other assets. So just because it's in some separate account, we don't think that means it should be managed differently than all of those other assets. And so your financial advisor can manage those assets they can make investments with those assets just like they would everything else that the, fi- that the financial advisor is managing for you. And the third area, and I would argue this is probably the most important area where we give more flexibility to the, the donor, is how they accomplish their philanthropic goals. Most donor advised funds limit individuals to giving grants to domestic nonprofits. And there, there really are a lot of incredible organizations solving problems here domestically. But we also recognize that there are a lot of international groups that are, do, that are doing a tremendous amount of good. And so we allow people to give both domestically and internationally. And then going back to your question about impact investing, we also recognize that there are lots of different ways that you could fund some of these social organizations, whether that's a grant, a recoverable grant, a credit guarantee, a direct loan, a direct equity investment. So we, we have no preference as to how you fund that organization. We just think it should be appropriate to the problem that you're trying to solve. So sometimes that's a loan, sometimes that's a grant. We allow for all of it so that regardless of what your philanthropic goal is, you can accomplish it. So those are the, the three aspects of the, the triple DAF, more flexibility in what you donate, how it's managed, and then how you accomplish your philanthropic giving. And the last thing that I'll add that really sets us apart from most other donor-advised funds is with all that flexibility, 
we still have a lot of people come to us and say, I still don't know who I want to give to. It's great that I have the flexibility, but I don't know what to do with it. And so we, we have a team of individuals that will work with donors in helping them craft their uh, philanthropic goals. And then our teams will go find organizations on their behalf. We do that due diligence because we, we recognize a lot of our donors are really busy. And so we, we do all the heavy lifting when it comes to, uh, to their giving. And you do that all over the world, right? So it's not just here in the U.S. You'll research companies or um, causes or organizations in, uh, throughout the world for your donors. Exactly. Yeah. Just within, you know, uh, this year we've, um, we've helped fund projects in 16 different countries. Wow. So uh, your clients get their own personal research arm. Yeah. You know, in, uh, it feels like they, they have their own fully staffed family foundation where the family sets the strategy, the family's approving everything, but they, they have a staff going and doing that research, doing the due diligence, doing the ongoing reporting. And so we, we offer that level of, but to, to anyone, it doesn't matter how big the donor advised fund is. We have some donor advised funds that are as small as $5,000. We have other donor advised funds that are 30 and $40 million. But we, we think it's really important that regardless of the amount of money that, that you're giving, that you have um, access to, to those services. That's great. That's great. You know, something that was coming to mind as you were speaking, Dan, is I've, I've worked with some other uh, academic researchers on donor advised funds. And, and one of the things that we've come up with was, was trying to construct the idea of different phases that a, a donor, a, a, a donor who uses a donor advised fund tends to pass through. And, and it kind of lines up a lot with where you add value at each step of the, of the process, where there's that initial setup, trying to figure out who is the DAF sponsor going to be. Uh, figuring out what am I going to contribute? What kind of assets does that look like? And then what we've called the maintenance phase of figuring out the investments and how am I going, how am I going to invest the funds while it's inside the DAF? Uh, and also what additional contributions might I contribute along the way once it's opened? And then there's the grant making phase that you've also articulated that value uh, very well. Yeah, I, I'm curious, one of the additional phases that we've identified, at least in some uh, DAF donors, is this idea of what we kind of talked about future use, that maybe it's that they, they want to uh, employ these funds down the road. Perhaps they even want to get other family members involved. Could you, could you speak to what that looks like kind of and future plans for some of your donors? Yeah. So in working with hundreds of different families, you know, you're, you're going to find kind of every flavor that you can think of, of how people approach their, their giving. One of the more meaningful things that, that I've seen is um, parents engaging their children and grandparents engaging, you know, their children and their grandchildren in, in giving. There, there's one family in particular that's been a lot of fun to, to work with. It's an entrepreneur, um, very successful, started, grew um, his business. It sold. It made a lot of money. He still had fairly young kids. They set up a, a donor advised fund and the, the father came to us and said, I want to support other entrepreneurs that are, you know, helping bring people out of poverty. So that, that was the focus initially. And his, his young daughters attended these meetings as we were going through, you know, these different presentations and they were never very engaged. 
And over the next couple of months, we saw the daughters get really interested anytime it was an organization dealing with children. Um, and so now, you know, over the, the last 18 months, this family's shifted from supporting entrepreneurs to supporting uh, girls' education and maternal health care. And the, the children are very involved at this point. And so, you know, you, you see that we, we saw the dad get involved. He knew what, what he liked um, and, and he wanted to involve his kids, but, the, you know, they, as a 15 year old, they just didn't have the same appreciation for entrepreneurship, but they could relate to kids not being able to, to go to school. And so seeing that shift, seeing how the, seeing the parents realize that shift, seeing the children, you know, discover what it is that they care about, now have organizations that they can talk about, that, that has been really meaningful for the family, for the children, for us to see that evolution. Um, and it, it's also, uh, I think, an interesting call out that what people care about changes as they grow and experience different things. And I think it's really important for their giving to reflect that, that same evolution. And I love that your organization is positioned in a way to be flexible and to help facilitate that and even help even identify that they might not be even be able to see that in themselves. That's, that's great. Are there other things that set you know, university impact apart from other DAF sponsors that you'd want to- I mean, the, the other thing, just going back to our donor services team, uh, another example that, that I really like, during COVID, uh, there, there was a Wall Street Journal article on how Navajo Nation was hit far worse than the, the rest of the country and how, how much worse COVID was for the, the individuals living on, on Navajo Nation. One of our families reached out to us and said, we read this article, we want to do something, what do we do? And oftentimes we, we see people, they, they discover a problem, they want to get involved, but that's kind of where everything falls apart. They then can't find the resources to get involved. And so having this team, you know, where you can reach out to them and say, I learned about this issue, I want to get involved, what are the best organizations that I can support? We then did a lot of research, we were working with... Um, the individuals down on Navajo Nation, working with uh, many of the different chapter houses to then identify what are the organizations uh, that are supported by the, the individuals there on Navajo Nation, what are the, the problems that they need help with. Um, and in you know, a matter of weeks, we had um, found various different organizations, done due diligence on those organizations, and we were able to bring that back to the family, give them a few different options of, of ways that, that they could help. I love that. That's a great example. Thank you. So it sounds like you really have found ways to connect families with organizations domestically or internationally of however they want to make an impact, you're helping them find that. Right. That's great. Maybe Dan speak. We, we believe that um, to help our clients uh, live meaningful lives is to be generous and to give and to give um, you know, not only of their time, but of their uh, other resources. And I'm just wondering, in your position, have you done any research or read uh, about some of the benefits of giving uh, or seen it in the lives of some of the families? You mentioned a couple of examples that are, you know, have been very interesting to listen to. But uh, from your perspective, what are some of the benefits for a family um, 
kids, grandkids, whatever of, of giving? Yeah, I, I do think giving, making a habit of giving instills, um, you know, values of generosity in, you know, from parents to children. Um, and that, that's something that, that we have been able to, to see. And the, the other thing with, with giving that, that we see a lot of is when, when they know why they're giving, it changes how they feel about giving. When they understand the problem, when they understand all the negative consequences associated with that problem, um, we see people become much more generous. Um, they're, they're excited about their giving. They're excited about sharing why they're giving. They, they want to do more than just give of their, their money. Um, and that's also reflected in, there, there have been a lot of studies about why people don't give. And uh, one of the most common reasons that people don't give is they're not confident in the organizations that they're giving to. They don't understand the problems that these organizations are trying to, to support. And so, you know, in, in living a meaningful life in, you know, being generous, I think it's really important to, to also just approach the world with this perspective of what are the problems around me? Why do those problems exist? And how can I help address those specific problems. So Dan, you mentioned that family uh, with the kids getting involved and, and that's great to have the children involved in giving. And are there specific things that University Impact does with a family to get the kids involved? Or is it only if the family requests? What, what's your approach to involving kids? So our approach is really at the, the request of the, the family. I think it's fantastic for families to involve everyone that, that wants to, to be involved. And we, we try to be very conscious of making sure that the presentations are educational, but also uh, age appropriate. Um, you know, I think the youngest family that we work with that includes their children, um, we have a five, seven and nine year old. And so we will go through organizations all over the world, what they're doing. And one of the things that we found that works really well with them is we, we have them draw um, what the, the organization does. And so, you know, we, we go through, and this, this is a company that, that I really like. We work, uh, it's a company based in Tanzania, Central Park Bees. They work with small shareholder farmers and they teach them how to be beekeepers. So they, they don't really have to do any additional work, but their income goes up by about four times based off of the honey that they're now able to, to sell. So it's a, you know, pretty ingenious way to help people out of poverty. So as we're going through that, you have all the, the kids drawing the business model. You have them drawing the farmer, drawing the beehives, drawing the you know, process of harvesting the, the honey. So we have found different ways that you know, we can uh, engage the children in really understanding what these companies do, why it works, why it's benefiting people. So that, that took a little bit of work on our part. You know, we're probably more comfortable building out financial models than we are, you know, building out coloring books, but sometimes uh, both are necessary. What a fun idea. Yeah. I love, I love the flexibility and the desire to get the whole family involved and maybe speaking about that flexibility, you mentioned all the different ways, the triple DAF and how, how you provide the optimal experience uh, for the, the donor. Uh, can you give us some examples of fun projects or different projects that some of your donors are doing that they might not be able to do with other donor advised fund providers? 
Yeah, um, we have a, another donor. Um, she's based in Colorado and uh, a retired uh, medical doctor who's spent uh, a lot of her life traveling and has realized a, a lot of the, the issues um, with healthcare systems, uh, especially in East Africa. So she, she'd had a donor advised fund someplace else for a very long time, but was struggling at getting them to issue uh, international grants. So, you know, these were organizations that she had visited herself. She had done the due diligence. She was comfortable and confident with the work that they were doing had the money, but just couldn't get the money to the, the organization, you know, which candidly becomes really frustrating. And so uh, she was able to move her DAF to University Impact, where, you know, we've been able to, to set it up so that from her DAF, she can fund these organizations, um, again, actually in Tanzania, supporting these different healthcare systems that, that she cares deeply about. Very cool. I bet she's a happy uh, client. No, you know, I, I would like to, to think so. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, so if someone's brand new, this has all been great information, but if someone's brand new to donor advised funds, how would they go about opening an account? Is it something they do through their advisor? Or do they do it with you directly? What's the situation? Yeah, I would always recommend that um, you open a donor advised fund through your financial advisor. Again, I think it's very important that these assets are managed the same way as all of your other assets. We, we don't want to create some orphaned account that's out of sight, out of mind. So if you have a financial advisor, I would always go through your, your financial advisor. Um, to learn more, you can visit uitripledaf.org. There's a lot of information on donor advised funds, the different types of organizations that you can support. And you can set up uh, your donor advised fund account on our website. It takes about five minutes. It's very easy to, to uh, set up. And I believe you all allow the account to be at lots of different custodians. So it can be at Schwab or Fidelity or other places. Exactly. So um, we, when you set up a, a donor advised fund, we ask that, that you list your financial advisor. That allows us to reach out to the financial advisor um, and understand where all of your other assets are. So if all of your assets are at Schwab. We think it's really important that the, the DAF account is also at Schwab or TD or Pershings or, you know, whatever brokerage firm your financial advisor is, is using. Wow. Dan, this is so much good information. We may have to have you back and talk about some more stories. I, I'm sure yeah, we'll continue I, to develop stories over time. Uh, we, we look forward to working with you. We think you'll be of great benefit to our clients and, um, and to me personally and, and other members of our team here at Blue Barn Wealth. So we're excited to excited for all, everything you've shared with us today and the organization that you're building. So as we start to wrap up, uh, what advice would you give to any of our listeners who want to use their time, talents, or resources to make a difference? The single biggest recommendation that I have for people is to always start with a problem. Oftentimes we see people that fall in love with different solutions without uh, connecting it back to, to the problem. What is the problem? Why do the people that are being affected by the problem, what is it that they care about most? And if, if that's kind of always front and center, you're going to be really successful um, at solving those, those problems. That's great advice. That's very good. Thank you. Uh, you know, if our listeners want to learn more about University Impact, where do they go? What's the best place to get a hold of you? 
The website is uitripledaf.org. Okay, that's straightforward enough. Wonderful. Well, as we wrap up, Dan, we like to ask our, our guests on our show, what is real wealth to you? I've been thinking about this for the, the last couple of days. I think it comes down to two things, being able to spend my time with the people I care about and being able to work on the projects uh, that I find really meaningful. I love that. I love that. Like, how is it that you're able to structure your life in a way that you can align with those, those ways that you define real wealth? Yeah. So that's, that's a really good question. So going back to those two things, you know, um, wanting to spend time with the people that I care about and wanting to work on very meaningful projects. And maybe this is an overly simplistic answer, but at least for me, I've found that if that's what I'm optimizing for, if that's what I care about, if I use that as the framework to base my decisions off of, it's actually pretty easy. You know, I'm, I'm working here because I really enjoy the people that I work with. You know, I'm working here because of the challenges, because of the, the types of, of projects that, that we're able to, to work on. And so for me, it really has been, and I, I haven't always done a good job at this, but keeping front and center, what are my priorities and really using those to, to base all of my decisions off of. I love that. I think it's a, a great example that we, we all have these scarce resources of time and money. And so if we have a clarity, kind of like you said as well, what's our problem? What's our priorities? Yep. Then how can we align our, our scarce resources of time and money to make sure that we're accomplishing those highest priorities, those, those highest uh, issues that we're trying to address? I love that. Dan, thank you. Thanks for being with us. We've uh, appreciated this chance to visit. We appreciate your time um, being with us. And we want to thank also our listeners for joining us. We hope you'll tune in next time. Uh, if you like what you've heard, uh, please share. Please share the, the podcast with others. And, and we hope you'll join us again next time. Yeah, thanks so much for, uh, for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to Your Path to Real Wealth from Blue Barn Wealth. If you like what you heard, please share it with your friends and click the subscribe button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the hosts and any guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Blue Barn Wealth. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for personalized investment advice. Because everyone's situation is unique, always seek the advice of a qualified financial professional with any questions you may have.